Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. And happy, uh, I was going to say Thanksgiving. That was wrong. Happy February, guys. How are we doing? February. It's almost spring, I guess. Get us into spring. This has been the longest month of January. I'm like ready for some sunshine. Yeah. We are in the middle. We we just got through bleakness and now <laughs> we are golden for the next 11 months. Somebody <laughs> did post in our Facebook group RIP bleakness and I really I Well, it's that. so bleak that we like dropped the ball and couldn't yeah. properly execute it. No, it, <laughs> it just is, didn't it's exist. It's going to come at some point, guys, but it's just it's just It's so bleak no one cares about it. Exactly. That's so bleak. <laughs> no. You like don't even look forward to it and then you forgot that it passed and you're just like, well, this is I guess what it is. This yes. is bleak, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, it's so bleak. Uh before we get into the episode, I do want to talk about something that happened today. Well, I want Alexis to talk about something that happened today cuz she was on a flight to Houston. And who'd, oh, you, yeah. who'd you sit in back of? <laughs> it was it was not even directly. I zoomed in significantly. I saw this woman. She's probably sitting four rows ahead of me, okay. like diagonal. Yeah. And I saw the phone in her hand and it was like three blonde women wearing like, you know, monochrome outfits in like vintagey colors. And I was like, I recognize this because it's all <laughs> from the LA Magazine article, right? Yeah. And she was like zooming in on it. I was like, that is Jack. She's zooming in on that is so funny. (laughs) And then she started like clicking around through Kelty's um, Instagram and then clicking around through your Instagram. And I was like, this is so funny. I like watching her stalk in like real time. It was very fly on the wall. What are the chances though that you'd be sitting in back of somebody that was like stalking me? I kind of love that. I was just like, couldn't get my phone out fast enough because I'm like, this won't translate if I just tell her it happened. (laughs) You just tell her it's not as good. It's like not going to be half as good. She probably won't believe me. Like she'll be like, it was probably not me, but it it just, I needed a photo and I couldn't get it that long, but that's what I got. 
We got a photo. I love it. So whoever is on the flight to Houston on uh, January 31st. Yeah. Thank you for your <laughs> like probably on my photo. Oh, you should you should bring it up on Lady Gang too. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm you going have for to. Sure. Um, I love that. I thought it was just like a little fun anecdote. You know, it makes you feel good about life. So good. Um, okay. Well, do we have any housekeeping or should we go into the dark day? Uh, the only housekeeping is thank you, everyone, for giving us some nice reviews. I was reading them. Oh. And for the people that wrote and said, I hope Billy reads this, I did. I read them all. So thank you. Uh, okay. <laughs> the review well, section is going to turn like love notes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Everybody confessing their love to Billy because you're the only one reading them. But I love that. Thanks. Thanks for all the good Thank reviews. you, everybody. Keep it, keep it coming and tell your friends. Keep yeah. it coming. Yes. Billy, what yeah. day is it today? Well, now we're going to get dark because today is February 3rd. And it's the day the music died. Today is the day in 1959 that rock and roll musicians Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the big bopper J.P. Richardson were killed in a plane crash along with the pilot near Clear Lake, Iowa. And it is obviously one of the saddest days in music history. It inspired the song American Pie by Don McLean. Such a good song. And we are going to delve into this story because a lot of people think okay i know all about it i know why they were flying there are so many strange weird details about how they actually got the reasons why they actually got on that plane and there was a lot of things and that really you know no pun intended it was a perfect storm and it includes things like bad planning possible negligence maybe even a gun and one of um, the victims was exhumed decades later. So that's all going to be coming in True Crime Rewind. Oh, I'm kind of excited about this because I don't know much about it at all. So today was like the first time I was actually doing any research into it. Do you know about it, Lux? None. I am so excited to be a student. Yes. A student. A student of the yes. day of the musical death. Yes. yes. So uh, before we get into that, though, I want to introduce a new segment. We share stories throughout the week about what's going on in the true crime world in our group text and it's us three and jared and jared just has to look at it and probably put it on mute or something but we want to bring you nightmares yeah (laughs) we want to bring you in on the conversation Uh, there's a case that i've been sent or i've been tagged in a bunch and it's the bumble date death of lauren smith fields now if you haven't heard about this story i mean it's it's got to be your worst nightmare. Think about it. If you can't get a hold of your daughter, you get your your son and you go to her apartment and there's a note on the door. And the note says, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. And the number is for the landlord. They call the landlord and, t- and the landlord tells the family that your daughter has died. Whoa. Now the family tried calling the police. And they didn't hear anything. So the police never told them anything about this. This is the Bridgeport Police Department. Eventually, the medical examiner determined that she had died. Lauren had died from acute intoxication due to combined effects of fentanyl, promethazine, hydroxazine, and alcohol. And they ruled it an accident. Now, here's the thing. You know, she's 23 years old. She had actually been on a Bumble date with an older man uh, the evening prior to her death. And the family reached out, uh, you know, was trying to figure out what's going on. They talked to the police officer and the police officer said, you know what? We talked to him. He's a good guy. 
don't worry about it. It was an accident. That's it. And the family is freaking out. They're saying, you know, what's going on? The guy's name is Matthew LaFountain. And he actually called 911 from her apartment on the morning of December 12th. And he told investigators that they met on Bumble. They met up in person. They started drinking shots of tequila. Lauren became ill. And they later played some games, ate food, and started to watch a movie. He then said that he carried her to her bedroom and laid her in the bed. He then laid down next to her and fell asleep. And he woke up at 630 in the morning, found her laying on her right side with blood coming out of her right nostril. And she wasn't breathing. Jeez. So the family doesn't hear from the police. They show up. They hear it from the landlord. And they go to the, the police aren't talking to them. The police just said he was a very nice guy. They're not looking into him anymore. And then they told the family, stop calling us and, and hung up on the, hung up on the family, like complete disrespect to the family. The family goes to clean up the apartment because she, you know, they have to end the lease for the apartment. They saw a bunch of things that were never even taken into uh, evidence. They saw a big circle of blood in the middle of the bed. There were two cups of drinks. There was a condom. There was lube. They hadn't taken any of this stuff. So they did not treat this at all like it was a crime scene. The only thing that's happened thus far is that, you know, recording this a little bit earlier, but the two detectives that were in charge that were dealing with the family have since been suspended. So that's one thing that's happening, and hopefully they're taking it a little bit more seriously as to what's going on, but they did not treat this like it was a crime scene. They just treated it like it was an accident. Wow. That's uh, so fucked up. Very. Yes. And Lauren was a black woman. The uh, LaFountain was a white male and the mayor of Bridgeport actually, you know, put together a video and said, uh, you know, we're, we're taking this seriously. We're sorry about this. They've been suspended and we're going to find out what happened. Now, did they find out who wrote the note on the door? Was it the guy? No oh, idea. Probably the landlord. It's probably the landlord. It was like, or maybe the landlord found out because he saw the body being wheeled out and he's like, I better leave it for the fan. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I have to think it was the landlord. I mean, who else would know the landlord's number, too, yeah. so, instead of him himself? So I have, a th I have to think it was the landlord. But, I mean, can you just imagine, you know, the Finding police don't talk line. to you or anything, and then that's how you find out. So yeah, we're going to be watching that story. But it's probably been, you know, taking a look at the biggest stories of, of, of crime this week. I think this is probably the biggest one that's been shared just a bunch. Yeah. Well, hopefully something happens so. um, and some justice is served in that situation. Totally. All right. Well, we're going to jump into uh, when the, the day the music died in a little bit. But before then, we have got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Okay. Welcome to On The Stand. Every week we bring a person, place, idea, thought, whatever to the stand that's on our mind and we're either prosecuting it or defending it. And then we have a healthy discussion and bring it on to Instagram to see if what's in our minds makes any sense or if we're just like totally off base with what we're pissed about this week. So mm -hmm. I will go first. Excellent. I was just thinking about, you know, music in general and, you know, while we're researching stuff for this episode and what I am bringing to the stand is the concept of like a band selling out. Like, you know, when you're like, 
oh, my favorite band. Like, I used to watch them when they played for 200 people, and now they sold out, and they're playing for thousands of people, and I don't like them anymore. You know that concept. Oh, where yeah. It's like you want yep. the band to yourself, and you're pissed when they find success. So I'm putting this on the stand because it's. I think it's such a funny thing to think about for a band because if you care so much about this band or this music artist or whatever – you should want them to succeed so they can continue to play music and make things that you can enjoy and love. Because if they keep playing in these little small venues and they never find any success, they're going to have to go get a real job one day and they won't be able to make music anymore. So I just think it's such a funny thing for fans to like want their favorite bands to kind of like not succeed. Yeah. It's an odd critic. It's an odd thing to criticize. Like do fans still do that? Is that still a thing? Because they sell out. Yes. Sell out. out, Man. It used to be before the internet and before, you know, streaming killed record sales. It was all about if somebody put their song in a commercial, but Mm. now the only way to get in front of people is for your song to be in a commercial. So the, the idea of like selling out for your songs to be in commercials is, is less and less, you know, but um, but yeah, people I still think it's... do it because it's like I think that there's like a pride of ownership if you're like one of the first kind of like waves of fans for a musical artist or something like that. But it's just it's like if if, not, if more than like 10 people like the band, like they have to have fans to create music, to create a living mm-hmm. and to be inspired. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call guilty on that. It's guilty. I, guilty. I see people doing it all the time. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's guilty. 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 All right. Alexis, what do you've got? So nothing about music uh, is irritating me this week. So I just have a generic (laughs) one. Music is good. There's nothing. I love the world of music. So what I'm putting on the stand are fake pockets. Okay. (laughs) That's actually amazing. (laughs) Well, literally... Jack and I were outside at a friend's like birthday last night and my dress had fake pockets and I kept trying to put my phone and it was just a fake, it's a fake seam with like a button on it to make it look like a pocket. I'm like, if these aren't going to be fucking real, why are they here? And I got so angry and then I realized I have many clothes like this. I don't, was it a fake pocket or was it like a closed pocket that you have to like rip open? No, a fake pocket. It was from Zara, so it's mm. a fake pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. So there was actually not, there was no craftsmanship there. There That's was right. no actual pocket, and it was just sewed up. There was it was it's no. for the look, but then like obviously, if it's somebody like Zara that like makes their clothes for one cent, they're like, we don't have the budget to create an actual pocket. We'll make no. a fake one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things we'll when stick you buy it on, a, when you buy a suit, pocket. yeah, when you buy a suit as a guy, a lot of times the breast pocket will be sewed up. And you don't necessarily want to open that up because sometimes if it's not a well-made suit, it'll actually kind of flail open and then it won't ever like sort of stick to your, to your chest. Mm. So, but, but we don't have that's it nearly not a as... Fake, that's not a fake pocket. That's just no. a pocket that, that is, is just like a, a pocket that's, that's, that's rip sewed open. Up. But you never know whether you're supposed to rip it open or not. Mm, you know, you could but, always use a little double-sided tape to close that thing right back but, up. But guys, right. <laughs> we, guys can't complain because we are constantly wearing pants. Most of our pants do have pockets. So... 
A, po- a, man, a man's pants without a pocket is an, a sight that I don't want to see. Yes. No, and it shan't be unseen. <laughs> it just okay. like gives me the heebie-jeebies to think about a pocketless pants for man. Yes. For men. Uh, unless they're unless they're soccer shorts, you don't need to be wearing those. No. Mm, like soccer a, shorts have pockets. They no, do. I mean if you're wearing soccer shorts from like I remember I bought like a a team Italy you know World Cup soccer shorts and I'm wearing them going why the hell did I buy these because there literally were no pockets in them. No. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm trying right. to just Guilt, tap into your euro side. Fake pockets, guilty AF. Mm, guilty. Okay. Billy. All right. So I'm not going to go uh, music either, um, but I'm going to talk about something uh, that I think is is important. This whole idea of these challenges. I know I'm going to sound really old, but these TikTok challenges, there's a new challenge that's out there that is kick in the door of your neighbor. Have you heard about this? No. No. God, I sound so old with this. Have you heard? I, I sound like Those a morning, dang kids from a down morning the street. DJ. <laughs> Those dang so kids are out of These again. kids doing where they, they videotape themselves kicking in the door of a neighbor. Billy, you're like an angry the neighbor from up the street that the kids are afraid of. <laughs> you're going to get your door kicked in. So I I, I want to know about this. Wait, I what is it? About, I don't understand. That's all they're it. doing. They're they're kicking in a door of a na- like, and then and videotaping the the reaction. It's the same thing like fire in the hole. I don't know if you remember that, where you would get a drink. You never no. you never seen this? No. All right, what fire TikTok. In, what, what fire in the hole? This is even before. This is TikTok. even before TikTok. Sounds like fire. you're in a weird Gen Z TikTok <laughs> algorithm that you don't belong fire. in. Fire, fire so, in the really hole. Like, how do I stay young? Okay, Gen <laughs> Z friends. <laughs> fire in the hole was you get a a soda from Taco Bell or something like that. They give it to you, and then you yell "fire in the hole" and you throw it back into the. Because you're in the, the driveway, you so throw it through the window. Mean. So ridiculous, but you people throw it through the window. It. And it sounds like you, you could get arrested for assault. Yes, like of it sounds you could. like yes. you can't assault people that way. I need to there, go. What? Go ahead. And then there was also the the, the milk crate uh, challenge. You saw that, right? That everyone... one. I heard about the injuries, but I think Jack had more questions about the Taco Bell one. No, I'm going back. I need to go back to the kicking in of the neighbor's door. So, like, do you <laughs> kick it and it breaks off? And then oh, you're trying no- to kick it, and the, you know, a lot of doors you can you can kick open. A lot of you know, particularly in in places where people isn't don't that like vandalism? Legal? It's uh, like yeah, it is entering. <laughs> it is, but we're a- doing. Everybody is looking for content. Everybody wants content. Everybody's trying to get more followers. We we've created this monster for ourselves, and people are going to start doing more and more and worse and worse stuff but you're not allowed to burgle people's homes no <laughs> it's like the thing it's it's like the jake paul and um logan paul where they're like trying to do the sort of jackassy sort of a thing mm-hmm. like shock value kind of stuff mm-hmm. so it's that's the sort of it a is, hole yeah. that Billy has traveled down on TikTok because well, and, that's and not look, on my for you page. Mm-mm. And Jake Paul has become huge, and he's a boxer now. Huge. And he's making millions he's always, and millions of dollars. I know he knows he knows what's up. He does know what's up. That's what I wish I knew who him, you guys were talking about. Everybody was giving that guy crap, but I'm telling you, Muhammad Ali would love that guy because he'd look at him and say, "That guy knows how to bring in fans." And that's he's what, all, also yeah. like been a like a boxer or a fighter his entire life. So Has people he? being yeah. like, "Oh, he's just like, yeah, he's been like a trained fighter, yeah, like good, since good, his good for whatever. him." I'll, I'm all about it. But even if he wasn't, even like I love people who just do shit and are good at it. Like the Miz from the Real World, how he turned into a pro yes. wrestler. Yeah, I'm WWE. like, I love that for him. I'm like, no, that is so funny. I met I'll, him once. Really? Yeah. 
after Ed? his wrestling days. I don't know. I, I watched He's still like, wrestling. He was doing like I a stand-up. I love that yeah. he pivoted to that from real world. I think well, that's what, so funny. What, what was great on the real world is that The Miz was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. And everyone's looking at it. Yeah, right. And he became one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. I know. He was, he's, <laughs> he's probably making like millions of dollars a year while everybody else is like going on the challenge for the they 15th peaked, time. They peaked in road rules or real world or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. And he's like, I'm going to become, he's like Rock Jr., I know. Yes. Jo- All right. Jokes on everybody else. All right. Um, uh, so challenges, I'm going to say guilty. Just just come up with something else, guys. I don't even know what you're talking about, so I guess I'll say guilty. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, it is time for some True Crime Rewind. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program. And it's available on desktop or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first-degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. TheRealReal is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. Yeah, it's rewind time. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are going to rewind on some true crime. This isn't necessarily a crime, but it certainly is a tragedy. Yes. We're talking about the day the music died. Happened today in 1959. Now, this was the plane crash. Four people, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the big bopper, and the pilot. Why was Buddy Holly one of the biggest rock and roll stars on this tour? Now, 
Uh, one of the things about this tour, and we do have a resident musician who is sitting probably 20 feet away from Jack, probably either mixing music or playing a video game. What is he doing? Um, I don't know where he is right now, but I'll text him to come on over. <laughs> okay. okay, so we could start with why Buddy Holly was on this tour. The year before, Buddy Holly, and you guys know who Buddy Holly is, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, Peggy Sue, uh, all that. All right. He uh, ditched the Crickets, which was his old band, and he needed money. So he wanted to go. Apparently, his manager had stolen money from him, and he wanted to raise money in order to move back to New York City to be with his wife, who was pregnant. So he signs up with this team called General Artist Corporation because they were planning a British tour and he wanted to be on that. So if, in order for him to like be in their good graces and be on the British tour, he's got to do this tour, the Winter Dance Party Tour. That's what it's called. And it really is winter. We're talking about winter in the upper Midwest. So for the start of this dance party, he puts together a band. Waylon Jennings is on bass. Uh, Tommy Alsip is on guitar. And they go through 24 Midwestern cities. Now, the distance between the venues, nobody figured it out. And we have a map, um, which we can post, of where Billy, the venues are. you cannot are. post that map. I'm no, one the map. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we will not post that map. What are you even talking about? Because, all right, you're going to have to back me up, um, no, uh, Jared, because they're doing a show every night, but they didn't think we're going to do a show one night and then have us do a show the next night only, you know, 50 miles down the road. They were crisscrossing these four states of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois with no rhyme or reason whatsoever. They were just chaos, going all chaos, over the place. Chaos. It should be criminal to be this disorganized. <laughs> the point of that is, and Jared, I found Jared. I've located him. Hello. But the point of the, I think what <laughs> Billy is trying to say is the fact that like when you're touring and you're on a tour bus, like you can't be going over like 400 miles a night or else yeah. it's like a fucking shit show. They call it an overdrive. So... I mean, we've I've done tours where we we do that, like especially when we're in like the Northeast, we just bounce back and forth like the whole time, and it it feels crazy. But sometimes it's because certain venues are like you could only book a venue on a certain day, and you got to circle back. Um, but you feel crazy when you're doing it, and and looking at the map right now, that's nuts. <laughs> that we're not going to post. <laughs> that is so crazy. So, and you're doing this in the comfort of your very large uh, tour bus, the yeah. Maine's gigantic tour bus. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say it's like the very posh. I've ever seen. <laughs> but here's what they were driving in. Now, remember, the interstate highway system hadn't been built yet, so they're driving on these little, you know, single lane <laughs> highways, ten to twelve hours, freezing conditions. And the buses that they were in were constantly breaking down. They were reconditioned school buses. So it's nice. <laughs> so they're just sitting, you know, the artist, there were no no road crew, by the way, no roadies. Mm-hmm. The artists had to, you know, load in their stuff. And these are like people that are at the top of the charts as this is going on. That's they, madness. They True madness. <laughs> I can't believe my if, ears. It's as if nobody had figured out how to do it right yet. It's like, it feels so like. You know, it's like, funny. Jared still has to load his own shit sometimes. So he understands. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But uh, when you don't load your own shit, you sell out, like, like, like as we were talking about. That's the other right. One. So, yeah, yeah. it would be a sellout. So this obviously led to sickness. So 
the Big Bopper and Richie Valens had flu-like symptoms. One guy had frostbitten feet. Not COVID. <laughs> um, every, everybody was sick. So sick that like the drummers were just falling. They were they were too sick. And Richie Valens and Buddy Holly were actually playing drums on other people's in other people's bands. That that was going on as well. Jared shaking his head. That didn't happen on Warp Tour. I mean, if somebody asked me to fill in, I'd be like, no, <laughs> too much going on. You're not paying me to learn. <laughs> okay, so now we get to February second. This is the tour. Uh, this is the last stop. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be the last stop. It was right in the middle. It was called the Surf Ballroom. wasn't even on the schedule, but they were trying to fill up a date. And they said, yeah, okay, let's do it. We're going to go to um, Clear Lake, Iowa and play this. Buddy Holly was like, all right, this tour sucks. I hate this. I don't want to be here. It's too cold. Everybody's sick. I'm going to charter a plane because I can afford it. And he said, let me charter a plane to from uh, Clear Lake, Iowa, and then go to um, Fargo, North Dakota, which is right near Moorhead, Minnesota, and then the, the band would pick him up there, and then they would go to to the uh, uh, to the the next concert. So he's got his band, and the band going to come on the plane, and one of the guys is not going to go on the plane. Waylon Jennings said, I'm not going to go because these other guys are sick. Let the big bopper go on. Now, Waylon Jennings turned out to be a, you know, a very famous musician in his own right. Buddy Holly learned that Jennings was not going to fly, and he said, well, I hope your old bus freezes up. And Waylon responded to him with, well, I hope your old plane crashes. Oh, not a good move. So then Richie Valens, who hated flying his entire life, asked the uh, Tommy Alsup, who is the uh, guitar player, can I have your seat because I'm sick. The two do a coin toss. Richie Valens wins. And he actually says, that's the first time I've ever won anything in my life. They get in this plane. The guy is really young, but he's really experienced. He's got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, time behind the, uh, the controls. It takes off. And then it crashes. Apparently, it takes off at a uh, the right wing tip had struck the ground first, and then the plane went cartwheeling. The bodies of Buddy Holly and Richie Valens were ejected from the fuselage. Uh, J.P. Richardson's body was thrown over a fence into a cornfield, and they said that all four victims died instantly, and the cause of death was gross trauma to the brain. Yikes! Yikes! Now, yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, one of the things that happened here is that, and the legacy of one of these, uh, of this story is that the families found out about it before the authorities could tell them. They found out about it through the media. So one of the things that's happened since then is that uh, telling the uh, families before it goes out into the media. But that didn't happen this time. But Buddy Holly's widow. With, didn't that happen with Kobe? Like, didn't their family Did it happen with COVID? Yeah. Well, well, through TMZ or whatever? Maybe. Yeah. I think I so. Mean, yeah. So, um, you know, fa- fast forward through to March 6, 2007, and they had to uh, exhume the Big Bopper's body to uh, put him into another grave. And his son took the opportunity to have his body reexamined because there was a rumor about the accident, which said that a firearm had actually took place, a discharge of a firearm took place, and that's what caused the crash. So somebody thought that there was a gun in the 
you know, because everybody likes conspiracy theories. So they actually took the body of the Big Bopper and they looked at, uh, they did x-rays of him and they concluded that no, uh, there was no, you know, bullet or anything like that. They concluded that he actually died instantly. Virtually every bone in his body were, was broken. And the original report from 1959 was accurate that this was just an accident, but it was an accident that certainly could have been prevented because the tour was so poorly put together. Yikes. (laughs) Jared's had enough. Don't be doing any of those well, flying. You know what's crazy? Bits. This the run that we just did over the summer. We kept having bus problems, so I just kept flying. <laughs> I just was like, I'm not going to stick around for this, and I would just me and Jack would just like fly to the next city. I don't know if I'm so like sure I want to do that anymore. What is this? But he flew on Southwest. Yeah, if you're yeah, exactly. It's a, I think it's the the smaller planes in the yeah. middle of yeah. And another thing that happened too is that they told. The weather report hadn't really been transferred over. Something so he shouldn't have taken off in that weather. He should have said, "You know, this is this is not good to take off." And so that's spooky. So that is the day the music died. What do you think now? You're going to listen to some Buddy Holly? <laughs> I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to that song. That is a classic song. Oh, American Don Pie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very informative, Billy. Yeah. I, feel yeah. I have a new wrinkle in my brain. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. All right. But yes, that was a bad thing, but we're going to hear about even worse things. Now we're not. Is it nothing worse than that, actually, when it comes down to it? But we're going to hear about some bad things that you people have done. Next. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Welcome, you terrible people. We're so excited to share some of your most cringeworthy acts Yes, um, yes. With the audience. So we're going to dive right in to the first one. Hang tight. Hey, Billy, Alexis, and Jack. I am calling to tell you guys maybe the worst thing I've ever done. I don't know. So when I was about 19, my best friend and I used to do drugs, acid, and we would drive around in his Jeep and just hang out and do stuff. He was an electrician. And he always had trash in his car from being on the job site. So one night I decided that there was too much stuff in my way. So I grabbed a roll of duct tape and started making a giant trash ball. 
And as we were driving through the neighborhood of someone that I wasn't really good friends with, I threw the ball of trash out the Jeep window. And as we passed a car on the side of the street, I heard the back windshield shatter and looked in the mirror just in time to see, because I was on drugs, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, which was the glass exploding into the air. When I sobered up, I felt really, really bad for two or three years. Fast forward to when I bought my first brand new car. About a week after I got it, I came home from work, was waiting for my boyfriend to get home, and his roommate walked in and said, what happened to your car? I said, that's not funny. Went outside. Sure enough, the back windshield of my car was missing, just like what had happened the night I was on acid. And I started looking in my car to make sure nothing had been stolen, and I found underneath the pedals on the driver's side a shattered 40 of OE. Somebody had done the exact same thing to my car that I had done to another person. And that was when I knew karma was real. Love you guys. Jack, Alexis, I just want you to know, when I met Billy, he told me his favorite podcast co-host was Jared. Do with that what you will. Love you guys. Well, (laughs) we'll start with the ending there. It's very... um, politically correct billy for you to choose jared because i don't yes. know how how the other decision would have gone but let's <laughs> I actually, start i think i actually remember you <laughs> this that is i i that really was just like a right in the heart <laughs> but like honestly i can agree yes but yeah i agree what an too. amazing what an amazing story though yeah no great story what i loved the most is like when it happened if i had done what you had done like a pang of fear would jolt through me. You just saw like art and beauty. Like you had mm-hmm. no fear. You had no sorrow or regret or like panic. I would have panicked and you were like, look at the beautiful glass shards. Like you were just well, appreciating it as it came. I don't know like what type of hallucination you see specifically on acid, but um, I feel like it could probably go wrong really easily. So I'm glad that like a jarring experience for like a normal person ended up having like a nice impact on you mentally during that moment (laughs) yes yes and i hope that you knew that person was okay that they just their window broke and that sucks but they're fine although little shaken up but (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna just assume that you know that to be true which is why you know only feeling bad for three years i feel like that would have carried over a little well, she only felt that. she only felt bad until she got her karma, and then she right. probably was because like, it's just, "If it's yes. just a windshield, you can get over that." Yeah. But how how amazing it for that karma when you you go out there? Okay, oh right, my my window's broken. Maybe it was a rock. Maybe it was whatever. And then you actually look in, and it's a forty. That is just that's beyond karma. That that is the world telling you something. I don't know what it's telling you. I have no idea, but. The universe is telling you something there. So what is the world telling you if a trash ball flies into your car? (laughs) I know. I like I really thought that she was gonna say, and the same trash ball I found (laughs) underneath the pedal. And I'm like, somebody's been stalking you. Like this really is the craziest story I've ever heard. No, that would be like the golf ball story in the whale from Seinfeld. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like true full circle moment. Yeah. She was angry that day, my friend. (laughs) Oh my god. Yes. Uh, I love it. Well, great story. Glad no one was hurt. Mm-hmm. Yes. On to the next. Hey, guys. I'm calling to tell you about the worst thing I've ever done. 
uh, about 10 years ago in college. I was at a friend's house for a party, and I got pretty drunk. And at the end of the night, I decided I wanted to walk, walk back to my dorm, which is about three miles away. Um, my buddy is trying to stop me, but I was really motivated to get back to my dorm for some reason. So he finally gives up, and I get out of the house. And the last thing I remember is being 10 yards from the front door and thinking, huh, it's a little chilly out. Um, next thing I know, I open my eyes to a cat staring at me. And I'm laying on the couch covered with a decorative blanket. Uh, none of these things belong to anyone I know. And I realize I have no idea where I'm at. Uh, looking around, there were cats everywhere, weird sculptures and paintings everywhere. I'm, I'm covered in cuts and bruises all over my feet and arms. My shoes were missing. I had no idea if I was invited in or if I just walked in. So I hop up thinking I need to get the hell out of here. Uh, do a quick scan for my shoes. Couldn't find them, so I said, screw it. Uh, go to the front door. It's locked. Go to the back door. It's open. So I run out and round to the street. And after I get my bearings, I realize I didn't even make it a half mile away from my friend's house. So I start running back barefoot and get to his house. I uh, open the door and immediately step in a pile of dog diarrhea because their dogs had gotten in severe the night before and went all over the house. So I walk out, hungover, clean off my feet, and that's when I realized how cut up my feet were. I had you know, flaps of skin on my heels. It just wasn't great. So I clean up, go back in the house, find my friend in his room, and he just gives me this bizarre look and asks, where the fuck did you come from? Uh, I shook my head and just go back to the couch to try and sleep, but he grabs all his roommates, um, brings them over and has me explain what happened. So I tell them everything, and to this day, they have never let me live down the time I woke up at Catwoman's house. Um, I have no idea if I was invited in or walked in and went to sleep, but yeah, a story, kind of funny, but hope you enjoy it. Sir, when you say you're unsure whether you were invited in or broken, we're going to go with you were probably invited in. And that's why there was that nice blanket draped over you. <laughs> um, maybe the I, cats let you in. Maybe. I need to make a note of like, anytime one of our male listeners calls in, they all sound like very sexual cowboys. They honestly have such good voices. They all sound the same. Yeah. Like, are they all coming from the same neighborhood? That, Do you guys like, all chop wood together and wear plaid shirts? And listen to our podcast? Like, yeah, every like, single one sounds like they should be wearing spurs yeah. and bootcut jeans with like, their cowboy boots. Like, fixing flat tires and like building decks on people's houses and yeah there's there's like one little shirtless. community in in kennesaw mountain georgia that's just like yeah that's what we do man all of our he listeners. sounds like that's the last guy that's called in want it you know we hang out we, we drink here we listen to first degree like i haven't even met a man in person that sounds like that maybe in my entire life but somehow every one of our callers sounds like that i love that like, remember the guy that like slept with his best friend's girlfriend in the yeah, same bed like he sounded like him too maybe it is him calling over and over again <laughs> maybe he's just like a very naughty boy <laughs> yeah. he's got lots of confessions <laughs> oh my god it's like every time i hear that like low smoky voice i'm like oh no it could be like the same three on rotation and they're treating us like you know confession like, i love th that this is like this is how they're 
they're Hail Marys and yeah. now they're going to go continue on do, doing more sneaky things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Please keep calling. Oh my God. I yeah. just, I can't, yes. I'm like, <laughs> this is a call to the all the sexual, flustered, I'm, Jack. I'm blushing. <laughs> all the sexual cowboys out there. Keep calling. It's wor- whatever uh, you're doing. It's working on Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I forget what this story is about. Cats, diarrhea, feet. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I don't even remember the story. So I think that it's time to maybe have a little Costanza stanza. Yes. Hmm, maybe love Costanza, if you will. Oh, hmm. this one's called George Hates Music. <laughs> <laughs> George Hates Music. He cannot sing. He cannot dance. His body flails as if he's in a trance. Oh my God. He can't carry a simple tune. His voice sounds like impending doom. Mm. George hates music just because. Does George hate music? Yes, he does. <laughs> that was great. Did you write that uh, on the plane? Yeah, I wrote that on the plane. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. That was April's uh, work. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. See you next week. Bye. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.